The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Pod. Cast. Yeah, that that counts as an intro. I'm, 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 look, it, yes, we've, we've we've now started the podcast. The podcast that we are starting is it could happen here, and I it's, it's me, Christopher Wong. I'm 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 doing I'm doing the host thing, and I have a bunch of other people with me who do a lot of things. Uh, I have Garrison. Yes. I have Shireen. Yes. And I have Sophie. Our lovely boss, Sophie yeah. Lichterman. <laughs> All praise on high. Your word's not Bow mine. Bow down. Your word's not mine. <laughs> so weird. I did not enjoy that at all. <laughs> Chris, want to take over? So, so Sophie, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, uh, lack, lacks the sheer ruthlessness to uh, crush the workers' movement. Well, we will but, see. Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> remains to be determined. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> I, I don't buy it. 
So Sophie, Sophie is very sad. I'm sorry, Sophie. Thank you. Um, but so when, when we last left off, Lenin, Lenin has like in theory crushed the last sort of remaining factions of like the workers who who want democracy in the factories. But unfortunately for the Leninists, like literally no many how no matter how many workers they kill, and they are going to kill enormous numbers of workers. The demand for democracy in the factory like just refuses to die. For over 100 years, the development of this sort of mass factory system, a logistical infrastructure that you need to support it, uh, maybe most importantly, coal mines and railroads that are used to transport stuff, generate this incredibly militant working class that sees you know democratic control over the workplace as like the fundamental aspect of its liberation. Um, ideologically, this is you know th- this is this is manifested in like a series of interlocking beliefs about like the nature of the working class and like what class society is. Um, all of which are sort of necessary components of this, like, what becomes this, like, incredibly, like, this, like, instinctive formation of workers' councils the moment, like, an uprising happens. And this is, this is something that's, that's very interesting about, about the 20th century is that, like, yeah, like, when, whenever there's, like, a crisis, someone, someone like, like everyone in the factory is like, okay, we're, we're, we've taken control of the factory now, like, we, we, we're forming a council, we're forming a giant assembly. And, like, we don't do this anymore. <laughs> And we're going to come back to, like, why we don't do this anymore, but, like, this hasn't happened, like, the, the last time it happened was, like, in Argentina in 2001, and I don't even know if Garrison, Garrison might have been alive for that. Thanks. But, like, like yeah, like, it's, it, 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 I will say, the other time it does happen is when, af- after, a, after a recording session, when our boss, Sophie, leaves, me, me and Chris will stay on the line to talk. That's true. Usually, usually about Star Wars. Um, yeah. And that, in a way, kind of is a workers' council just for the factory of podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah, look. Talk yeah. about Star Wars in front of me. I feel so oh, bad for okay. Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> next, next, next anyway, time we will. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little puppy face. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks, Shireen. Your petite bourgeois tactics won't work on me, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We've. we've oh, uh, all, all the people on the subreddit who think that we hate Sophie are going to just have a field oh, day no! with this episode. Totally <laughs> that, that is my favorite recurring conspiracy theory bit. That's a, that's a real conspiracy? Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow, I have a lot of catching up on to do. You, do, you do not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you do not because it's not true. Run away. So meanwhile, meanwhile, so in, in, in the period when people actually like did this seriously, you know, there, there's a lot of sort of ideological things that come together to, to make it so that when people like, you know, like when, when bread prices increase too much, this is what people do. Um, and a lot of this has to do with the physical experience of what being a worker is in like, you know, the 19th, 20th centuries. Like you have these like these, 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 these incredibly rapid like technological expansions and you know the, the the people who are who are doing this stuff like see themselves as the creator of the new world right like and, and this like literally this is happening like these are the people who are literally like they are building the cities right like all all of the sort of the, the infrastructure of the modern world is physically being created by them and this creates this you know like if 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 you are the person who is like who has transformed like this fishing village into this giant industrial city right um you know, you, you, you see yourselves as, as the creator, like literally physically the creator of this new world that's being developed. And then the second belief that, that it produces that drives this movement is that the people who produce this world should be its inheritors. And so, and th- this, this, this sort of, this is what drives 
the workers' movement in this period, which is that like, okay, so the, the, if 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 you if you are literally physically creating the new world, and you think that because you have created it, it should be yours, uh, the next the, the the thing that you do because it's not yours, right? Like you don't like, yeah, you 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 know, the, like the, the the people who build cities are not the people who own the cities, and you yeah. know, if you see this, yeah, like it, yeah, okay, like the city is actually owned by like three real estate speculators and like a bunch of cops and a more applicable examples like the people who build the podcast does not own the podcast yeah right? no we don't own the podcast like we no, we are exactly, uh, exactly. applicable yeah. result that you know that can that you know everyone understands that example yeah right? everyone, yeah everyone we, I, I actually don't think that people understand that we don't own the podcast it's actually unclear to me i i, I people people have weird things about how podcasting works but yeah we, we don't own the podcast we just create it and we, we do all the work, and then Sophie yeah. sits in her leather chair, <laughs> looking down at, at all My of the my leather all the, chair. Not a leather chair. Look at I all my podcast creations I have created, and then all of us Climate measly podcast writers. So bad. How could you think it could sit here on an eighty-five degree day in a leather chair? <laughs> if you're going to insult me, at least get your facts right. <laughs> My word. A leather chair. Continue, Chris. Okay, so for for, for, the, for, the, for the people who are, like, actually watching their boss, like, sitting around smoking a giant cigar in a factory uh-huh. while they pound, like, hammers or, like, work at a hospital <laughs> and get a watch, like... So he oh just started picking so up a, a massive cigar and a comically large cigar. Robert Incredible actually left timing. this for me to give to, to, give to prop, but... <laughs> Because, for the record, whenever I do hang out with my other boss, Robert, he often does sit in some chair smoking a cigar. And I do think it is, in fact, leather. <laughs> okay, so we're describing Robert. Yeah. He forces it, me to slave away on my laptop writing scripts and yeah. just sits in Look, his chair. Look, we work in the podcast minds. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is really hard out there. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> so okay, so like the, the 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 belief that you produce the world and that if you produce it, you should own it is like this. This is not unique to the part of the workers' movement that like you know thinks that also you should like have a democracy in the factory and like should, you should have the autonomy to decide how you do your work and what needs to be done. Uh, that that those beliefs like broadly comprise the ideology of like the entire workers' movement and and yeah. by you know by 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 the twentieth century the workers' movement is really really broad, right? I mean it stretches from sort of like really mild social democratic trade unionists to like the intellectual heads of these like Leninist vanguard parties. It, but what, what makes a democratic wing unique is that their concern is the fundamental alienation of factory life. And, and this, this, I mean, originally like it is very much factory life, but like this, this gets expanded out as this goes on into sort of the, 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 like the, the, the fundamental alienation of labor itself, which, this, which is this, this condition of being reduced to an object by bosses who use you as a tool to do something. And you know, and this this is a concern for everyone in some sense, but but for the Leninists and Social Democrats, alienation is just like a product of ownership or distribution, right? So you know, if 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 that's what you believe, the way you defeat alienation is through the working class and productive capacity, not in it, not in sort of like any kind of like innate human like humanity or creativity. Like all you have to do is like, well, okay, you you flip a switch, right? And the factory is now owned by the state instead of being owned by like. JP Morgan or something and like now your alienation is gone. 
uh-huh that's how it works yeah or and, and, and you know social democracy it's like well okay so you 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 flip a switch and taxes get higher and now you have a union but you're still working for gold you're still working for the goldman sachs but you know but for 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 the wing of the workers movement that you know actually cares about democracy this doesn't solve anything right like as yeah. as long as the, the the fundamental relation of being the like of, of being an object right as as long as like you fundamentally the worker are are not are not a human being who has agency and control and autonomy over their life as long as you're just an object that you know like you're you're you like you 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 are a living human tool that the one man ruler of the factory can like you know can can wield around to do whatever they want as as long as that persists changes in ownership structure and you know, like health benefits miss the entire point and th- this kind of the, the the degradation that comes from just being a tool can only be solved by returning agency and autonomy to the working class and that means like actually giving the class control over the production process and you know in 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 1936 in Spain workers or like fuck this and decide to take the entire thing into their own hands and they do this by just seizing their workplaces in mass and this becomes known as the spanish revolution um and it it is one of the most extensive sort of experiments in like workers democratic self-management or like whatever whatever you want to call people making their own decisions in the workplace like that has ever happened like especially in the modern era like everything from like public utilities to like bakeries to hospitals to shoe factories like falls under the direct control of these like democratic unions and once their bosses have been like you know chased from the premises and like flee in terror uh these workers set about like transforming the entirety of spanish society along democratic lines like they they, they pool their resources together collectively and they, they allocate them democratically for the benefit of you know like society as a whole and for a brief moment this works they have this incredible like this triumphant experiment in democratic self-management and output increases dramatically and social services are expanded and like in 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 in, in the span of two years in the middle of a civil war uh like the workers of spain are able to create a universal healthcare system that expands care into like like rural areas of Spain where like you couldn't get it before. But you know, the problem is once again, is that this is happening to the civil war and, and a lot like, you know, and using sort of like nominally anti-fascism, like as, as they're sort of like, you know, the, 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 they're using the, the threat of the need to oppose fascism as, as a sort of front, like a, a, a front for what they're actually doing. You get this alliance of liberals, liberal socialists and Stalinists who just like brutally stamp out any attempt to do democratic self-management. And like, like you, you have like, Soviet cadres and like NKVD, like Soviet secret police guys, like literally leading armies into in, into these cities and like like kill, like killing the workers and then physically like taking control of these factories that people had seized and giving them back to the bosses. Which is you know this is this is great this is great communist stuff and yeah the you know and this 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 ends exactly how you would expect it to end with. Uh, yeah, like the, the 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 Stalinists get everything they want. They murder all of the the people who want like a factory council, and then they all get killed by Franco. But you know, undeterred by sort of the casualty tolls of these like massacres by people who want bosses, uh, this just keeps happening. And you know, by the time you get to the the, the 50, 1950s and nineteen sixties, like all this stuff is back. Like there, there's there's factory councils again in Hungary. You get them in Italy, in France, and like Czechoslovakia in nineteen sixty eight. There's like like there, 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 there's councils being like there, there's there's communes being formed in like Vietnam. There's like there's there, we've talked about the Cordones in uh, uh, in in Chile on the show before. Like the, the the these things are happening everywhere, and I think Hungary in particular is a really interesting one because 
so it, there's a revolution in in Hungary against sort of the Soviets in in 1956. That's it gets a lot of the same liberal mythologizing that you get with Tiananmen, but like kind of more egregious here. Uh, so it, I, I don't know. I, I think like I I, I got taught the, this revolution in in school. This is like one of the few ones that we actually get. And they taught it as this, like, this is, like, the Hungarian Revolution was this, like, kind of nationalist, like, liberal democratic revolution for people who wanted, like, democracy and freedom and, like, free markets. And then, like, you know, if, if you go read about what the people were, at, the people actually doing the revolution were saying, you get quotes like this. Uh, this is a direct quote from a member of one of the Hungarian workers' councils. The time when the bosses decided our fate is over. And it's like, huh, huh, these, these, guys, these guys do not seem like... I don't know. These guys don't seem like liberal Democrats. So, so, something weird is happening here. There's something that's actually happening is that like Hungarian workers like seize control of their factories and like their workplaces and they form workers councils, they overthrow the government and then the Russians slaughter them all. But you know, like th th this is not a liberal democratic revolution at all. Th this is a revolt against the dictatorship in the workplace. And there's an identical revolts break out across both the capitalist world and the communist world. And in the newly decolonized societies, you start seeing them too. And, you know, and to, to the sort of, like, dismay of both the communists and the capitalists, who are both like, oh my god, why is everyone keep forming workers' councils? Like, this solution to alienation, like, it's not, like, an ideological thing, right? Like, it's, it's not that there's, like, a group of people who are, like, secretly infiltrating these countries and being like, okay, you need to form workers' councils. This, ha this, is, this stuff is happening in places where there's just, like, none of that. So, like, one of, one of the sort of, like, movements... That, that does stuff like this is is the revolution in Algeria um you know and the the, the like they're, they're, like Algeria like does have a pretty high level of, of political education but the, the political education they're getting is from like it's, it's from the national liberation front which is like insofar as it's any one thing it's like it's a nationalist vanguardist movement which is you know they're, they're the people who like fight the French colonizers and beat them and their ideology like Insofar as you can describe one ideology, like the thing that they want is like the state having this decisive role in national development. But you know, immediately upon taking power, Ahmed Bembella, who's Algeria's first president, like discovers that you know he he's not actually going to be the one like making the decision about what the country's economic structure is going to be because he takes power and a whole bunch of like Alge of French people who live in Algeria flee, and basically what happens immediately after is that. All of like all of these this property that had been originally like held by 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 French sort of like colonists, like it 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 gets immediately seized by the Algerian working class, and you know they build their own workers' councils, and you know Mabella is like okay, I, I, I guess I guess we have like workers' councils now, like I, I guess I guess we have sort of like autonomous democratic production, and Mabella is like kind of trying to undermine them, but he doesn't really get a chance to because once again there's a military coup and Bembella like he I think he he escapes and doesn't die but like the fact that the, the, the councils all sort of get dismantled again but like the number of times this has happened is getting just like completely out of hand and it's like yeah okay the the, the it's like yeah okay so every time this happens they murder everyone but like you know the revolutions keep happening and they keep happening and they keep happening and you know, it, 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 even even as late as like the late seventies, like it's not clear that 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 like it's it's not clear that the people who want one man rule in the factory are going to win. Like, th there's this moment in Italy, nineteen seventy seven, where it's like this this like giant student student worker coalition almost takes power. Um, like in Spain, even after like 
50 years of of like Franco and like the the fascist dictatorship like the the CNT which is the anarchist union that had done the revolution like reappears in the 70s again even though everyone thought it was gone and like you know th- th- this is a real this is a real source of strife for especially the sort of capitalist managerial elite who are you know they this stuff keeps happening and it's like okay like it is an unacceptable risk that one of the well, one day one of these groups is going to win, and so they they start looking for a way to like dismantle these sort of like systemic things that like create that that cause people to do this, but you know but they're but they're trying to do it in a way that doesn't involve them giving up their power. Um. So, yeah, as Vicky Osterwald points out. This sort of like this like instinctive embrace of like democracy in the factory, like as a political program, is only possible as long as factories, as long as like the factory functions as a point of encounter. Um, her, I, th- I think it was her term for it, which she calls it a dark agora, which is like a, so agora is like like the the sort of like the Greek marketplace in the center of a town. Everyone goes there, and you like talk about things, right? And the factory serves as as this kind of like it's this sort of like dark version of it, where like on the one hand. You know, it facilitates these interactions that allow people to sort of, like, identify with each other and, like, you know, create collective meaning by, like, interacting with each other. But on the other hand, it exists to exploit you and it's, like, terrible and you're just getting, you know, you're getting physically and socially destroyed, like, every moment you're in it. But, you know, it, it's, it still is a place where you can, like, assemble an identity as, like, like you and a bunch of the people around you can go, like, hey, like, we are workers, right? Like, we, we are the working class. And th- this, this is, like, a shared political identity that you have that allows you to do things. And so the, the thrust of sort of the attack against this takes the form of this attack on, like, the shop floor as, like, a, a site of, like, formation of identities that, that can allow you to, like, mobilize stuff. And so th- this takes, like, a number of forms. Um... Most famously, is there's, there's it's deindustrialization and this sort of like spatial relocation of factories. So like, like part of what's going on, right, is that you have a you have a bunch of people who work in a factory and then they live like around like right around the factories, right? They they work in a coal mine. And everyone lives in a town around the coal mine, and this means that everyone sees each other constantly and they're like constantly like running into each other and like physically talking to each other, and you know th- th- this is a really good way to create radical politics. So. What what happens is you, you these factories get sent out to the suburbs, and this allows you to to create places where you know workers are isolated from each other. And you know and the other thing you can do is you turn workers into homeowners, and you you sort of like buy them off with this combination of like cheap credit and this promise that like their houses will not be a financial asset. And so as the sort of eighties rolls on, the 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 sort of the the, the 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 like the heralded democratization of finance replaces democratization in the factory as sort of the capitalist class like the the other thing they do that's like really insidious is they 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 tie like the remaining union pensions into the stock market. And this is stuff like like you see this with today with like four oh one Ks. And it means that like if if you want to like have a retirement, you are like physically literally invested in the stock market. Which ties, you know, which ties everyone sort of like into the system, and corporations start to turn workplaces into these like enormous propaganda apparatuses. You get like like Walmart in particular has these like like these mass ideological like programming things that they run that are designed to sort of like get you to identify with like the corporation itself and not with like the other people you're you know like the other people you're with in the class as a whole. And you know, the, and like the, the other thing that they're able to do is the fact that capital is mobile and workers like aren't 
allows, you know, combines with like logistics advances. And it means that like if workers ever start getting an upper hand somewhere, capitalists can just leave. And the process that you see is that as the sort of the total number of people working in, in the, like in industrial work keeps decreasing, right? As a percentage of the population, it keeps decreasing. And as this happens, capitalists are just like, okay, screw it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to pick up our tools and leave. And this spits out like enormous populations who are just like kicked out of the traditional workforce entirely. And these developments, this is what actually like eventually destroys the classical workers movement is the ability to leave and the sort of destruction of the factory is like a site of stuff. But in order for this to work, the one thing they need is a, a place to move to, right? They, they need somewhere with this large exploitable labor supply that has been like crushed enough that it won't revolt against them. And the capitalist class uh, finds that in uh, our products and services. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back with plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com news. That's lifelock.com news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. 
Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And we're, we're, we're back. We're, we're back. And we're, we're back to China. And... Okay, so I, I've been talking about the, the way this sort of like this this whole system, like this whole factory system, mass production stuff like develops. But China's weird because this is the one place where the factory system works like really differently than everywhere else. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for this. One of which is that like, so Chinese like state-owned firms, it's like almost impossible for them to fire someone because, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for this. And so one of them is that like people's entire sort of social sphere is built around their work unit. And like their work unit is like it's the it's the, the company you work for, and there's this whole sort of like legal apparatus built around it. And it like you know, and like th- this like unit gives you everything from like your retirement to like it like feeds you, like there's often like entertainment stuff's like tied into it. Like you get healthcare, you get like childcare from it. And the CCP also gets rid of the piece rate system, which is this like this is this thing that like I mean it so there's a lot of capitalist places that work with this, where it's like, okay, so the piece rate system is you pay people for like every unit of something they produce. So like you get paid by like, I don't know like how many like how many pounds of like cherries you can pick, and so the, the USSR brings this back because the USSR and the US are really not that different. But China is like nah, this like sucks. This is capitalism, and you know okay like I'm not gonna say the fact Chinese factory system is great, but like because they don't have the peace rate system is because they can't fire people. Uh, you get this very you, you get this weird thing where it's like. The people who run the factories like don't have very good ways to force people to work. And because of this, they, they like they sort of like have to allow this like degree of participation in the worker process, in like in the labor process that like you don't really see most other places. And the other thing they have that I uh, uh, luckily uh, Garrison and I also have this is uh, we have the ability to criticize our bosses. Although we, we have more of this <laughs> than these guys have. But, yeah, ahead. one one day. Yeah, what do you got? One, go ahead. I I one one okay. We we have got it. We we don't we don't have our big character poster yet. But like one day, Garrison and I are gonna show up to the office with like giant big character posters with your faces on it that like have specifically you know Roberts love? are gonna have a list of crimes on it. Great. great. I, love my it. favorite part of like big labor protests is when they make those giant like puppets. Yeah, oh, the giant <laughs> stick puppets. Puppet me. If we just make a giant stick puppet version of Robert and Sophie that we great. just parade around the office. <laughs> That, that as was, long that, as mine's bigger than Robert's, that's fine. We can do that. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Full support. So we we get to do this in China. It's it's weird. Like you have the ability to do this, but like it's like run through the party. 
And so if someone gets unpopular enough, like the party will like start a campaign about how bad like that one boss is. And then you can show up to like the meeting and go like, hey, I hate my boss. This guy sucks. But then they just replace him with like another boss. Right. So it, it's not like it, it, it's not actually a democratic system, really. But the way that it works ensures that like the, the people who are managers are like pretty popular, at least to some extent, like are popular and people don't like really hate them. And this means that, you know, because there's all of this stuff that makes the Chinese factory system different from, like, the other systems, uh, and also because of, like, structural stuff in Maoism that I, I mean, I could talk about that, but I, eh, I don't like talking about Maoism. But basically, the, the, the product of this is that, like, you have in China during this period a lot of demands for democracy, but they're really, de- they're not, they're not tied to the workplace at all. They're, they're, they're mostly like political demands for like democracy in the party or stuff like that. And that means like, you know, at least in the cities, the system like kind of works okay-ish until the Cultural Revolution where everything falls apart. And this means that it is at long last time for me to do the Cultural Revolution rant, which is something I have been oh, planning good. for like... I know, I know you've been waiting for this. I'm yeah, so I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I've, I've been waiting for an excuse and I finally have one. Okay, so the, the Cultural Revolution rant is that everyone gets the Cultural Revolution completely wrong. Like, everyone. It, every, like, it, it, it's, like, it, 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 it's one of the rare events where, like, it's misinterpreted in, like, exactly the same way by both the people who support it and the people who oppose it. Um, And, and okay, the, the first thing to understand about this, right, is, like, okay, so the, 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 the initial, the very, very beginning of the Cultural Revolution, like, it's basically a bunch of, like, teenagers kind of like it's like middle schoolers essentially and they're attacking these they're attacking like other kids at their school and these kids are kids who have what's called a black blood background like black blood which means that like they're they're the children of people who were from like quote unquote bad class backgrounds and this is really weird for a number of reasons one because you have you have, you, you have a sort of like a pseudo class system based on, like, who your parents were, right? You have people who have red blood, who had, like, good class backgrounds, or, like, your parents are workers, or your parents work with the party or something. And then you have people who are from, like, bad class backgrounds, quote-unquote, who, like, are persecuted. And, like, okay, like, I, I don't really care that much if you're, like, persecuting, like, a Shanghai oligarch who, like, collaborated with the French and the Japanese imperialists or whatever, but, like, A, this extends to, like, the children of these people, and a lot of the children of these people, like, weren't even alive when their parents were, like you know, like doing stuff that was bad. And, and the other thing is that like the, the term bad class background, this is really loose. Like I, I, I know people whose families were decla- like declared like black class backgrounds who have black blood and like, you know, they, they weren't allowed to hold any government position. And the reason that this happened to them was that her dad had made bird feeders before the revolution. And they considered that like petite bourgeois. And it's like, this is like, this is like, like, what, like, what, what are you doing? Like, you, 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 you've reproduced, like, you've turned class into, like, a pseudo race thing that's, like, her, like, you, like, inherit from your parents, even though, like, their parents don't own property anymore because you've done so, it's, it's really bizarre. And, and, and what's, what's happening here is the kids from the red class backgrounds are, 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 you know, they're the, they're the kids of the new, of the new Chinese elite. And they're just, like, picking on and attacking the kids who are, like, now this, this sort of, like, like, minority class and so what it amounts to is the beginning of this is a bunch of privileged rich kids who are like attacking a bunch of kids who are being persecuted for stuff that's like not their fault at all 
And, you know, part and the other the other part of this, like this is the part that people I think get is like Mao is trying to like play power games inside the party, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, things get more and more chaotic and you get you get start getting these attacks on like CCP bureaucrats and cadres and stuff because Mao is trying to like Mao is trying to solidify his place in the party and he's blah, blah, blah. blah. There's all this stuff that's happening. Um, but then it gets really interesting. Um, so so th- this starts in 1966, right? And at the very beginning of 1967, there's something there's something called the January Storm, which is where a bunch of rebel workers just seize control of Shanghai and like they run the party out, they run the they run I think they run the army out too. And you know, and now like they 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 control the city of Shanghai. And this is like an oh fuck moment for Mao because you know, n- now he has to like deal with this city that has been taken over by its own working class. And and I found this this incredible line from Joe and Lai, who's having a meeting with Mao, and they're trying to figure out what to do about the fact that, uh, like this, 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 like that Shanghai has been seized by by these workers. And I'm, I'm just going to read this. When asked whether the new leadership should be elected from the bottom up, Joe and Lai replied bluntly that quote, "Anarchism is bound to develop if we immediately implement direct elections of the Paris Commune type." And I, I think this is like this is this really incredible like like thing you can find right because it's like okay well there, there, there there's two things that can happen here one is either like okay you 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 give these people the democracy and the ability to vote right and joe and lion Mao look at this and are like that would be anarchism we can't do that and the second thing is you don't do that and you repress them and they, they take the second line and you know okay like it, it takes them a bit to get this ramped up Right, it takes them a bit to get the sort of kind of revolution thing they're doing to like stop all of this rebel stuff that they've they've started to 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 get. It takes them about a year, but but by 1968, the students and the workers who had like you know done done this sort of uprising stuff are getting slaughtered, like just just massacred, like killed on an unimaginable scale. Uh, the, 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 and this is this is where everyone gets the cultural revolution completely wrong because everyone. The entire memory of the Cultural Revolution is from basically the first two years of it, right? Which is like all the stuff about like like you know like professors being marched out onto the street in dunce caps and like students like humiliating the professors and like uh, like party officials being like marched around with like placards on them and like people like that's the stuff and like the, the chaos of the revolution like that's that's stuff everyone remembers. That's the first two years of this. There's still like I mean you you can art like there's 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 the short the short the quote unquote short culture revolution which is like the the high point of the activity goes from 1966 to 1969 and then there's like a longer one that goes to like the death of Mao depending on how you want to count it but almost all of the actual violence in this period happens in this in 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 the third phase which is the the the, so the 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 first phase of the initial uprising and then the, the the rebel groups are fighting each other but then phase three is when the state like cracks down on like like start starts like starts trying to crush this like rebel student factions, and I, I'm gonna read from Walder who did a uh, he, so there's a guy named Walder who who went to he, he did a bunch of work in the Chinese archives where he like went and like found the death tolls, and I'm I'm gonna read like he 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 like he goes he goes to a bunch of archives he goes to a bunch of state archives and he like like tracks down the death certificates and like tracks down like who died where, and th- this this is what he wrote about it. More than three-fourths of all documented deaths in local annals are due to the actions of authorities in, the, in this third phase, and then more than 90% of those persecuted for alleged political crimes. So, wh- what he's saying here is that 
75% of all of the deaths in the entire culture revolution weren't done by like the revolution parts. They were done by the state murdering the workers faction, the rebel factions. And not only that, 90% of the, of the actual political persecution was done by the state and not by the rebels. And when, when, when you actually look at what this means, like this means everything, everything anyone ever talks about the culture revolution is completely wrong. It wasn't that, like the thing that happened in the Cultural Revolution wasn't that sort of student radicalism got out of control and they started killing everyone and it produces all this violence. The thing that actually happens is that there's a student like uprising, right? But what happens is that the the, the, the sort of conservative and state factions just slaughter them. And uh, Wal- Walter estimates the total number of people dead. Uh, it's somewhere between 1.1 and 1.6 million people. And again, like 75%, and I think it's actually slightly higher than that like percents of the people who were killed in this are killed by the state. And, you know, this, this has an enormous effect on, I mean, just everything that happens in Chinese Chinese society from then on, because on the one hand, the popular memory of the cultural revolution persists as this thing that was like, this is what happens if you like, if, if people outside the party and like students and radicals, like start like making trouble is that you get all these people dead. But then, you know, you, you have the people inside the state who, like, know how many people they had to kill in order to hold on to power, right? They, they, kill, they kill probably more people than, like, the, you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's a very famous massacre of, like, communists or, like, suspected communists in Indonesia that doesn't get called a genocide because it was technically on political lines, but, like, was one of the worst anti-communist massacres in history. And they killed more people than that in, during this period. And that, like, that level of violence and the fact that the, the, the people running the state understand what they had to do, it means you, you get, you get an elite that's incredibly paranoid about like anything that like smells like organizing happening outside the party. And the other thing that happens is that like the, the most radical students and workers of this period just get, they're all dead, right? They killed, they killed like they, 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 they killed like a million people. The, you know, for, 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 for every one person who got killed, there's about 19 people who were like persecuted in a lot of ways. And that's like, a lot of these people are tortured. A lot of these people are like sent to prisons. They're like, like really horrible stuff happens to these people. And this process keeps going like through, through the seven, like there, there's a huge spike in like state killings in 1970. And by, by, by the end of the seventies, like anything that sort of like could have cohered into into like a, a movement that like wants democracy in the workplace, for example, it's just gone because all of, all of the radicals like and and anyone anyone who like wanted anyone who wanted democracy in the factory, any of the people who were like even sort of like just were like sort of rebellious, like these people have all been killed. And the consequence of this is that throughout the through the eighties, you get this politics that's driven by this like sort of like intellectual liberal like liberal democratic politics that ignores just like completely ignores working class entirely and you know and the, the, these these people start to take power and you get Deng Xiaoping well I, I think it, I think it's, it's like right before he takes power but Deng Xiaoping winds up implementing the one child policy which is this like incredibly draconian and really successful attempt to just like reestablish the state's like patriarchal control over the household and strips like hundreds of millions of women from like like of of, of autonomy over their own bodies and you know, and 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 it, and it really looks like through through the through 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 like the late seventies and the eighties, it looks like the, the like the Chinese ruling class has succeeded, right? Like they they finally destroyed the, they finally destroyed like any opposition to them. But then, you know, things get very weird, which is that 
Tiananmen happens. And, you know, what, by, by, by 1989, like the whole, like, at, at, like as, as a rule, like in general, everywhere, the sort of classical workers movement that was like at demanding democracy to the factory, like they're basically done. And so they're, they're unable to sort of do their own revolutions. Now the only thing they can do is sort of like latch on to other stuff. But the, the problem that the party has is that so they'd had a lot of measures in place to try to make sure that you'd never got these kinds of movements in China. And they kind of worked. But when it went through the 1980s, like China starts implementing a market economy, right? They start, they start, they start like cutting this, the welfare state. They start like destroying the sort of like limited control that works has had in the factories. And they kind of like unknowingly reproduced the conditions that have been producing these revolutions in every other country. And, you know, as this massive inflation wave hits, they, they turn China into this powder keg. And th- this, you know, and this combined with sort of like the, the, the liberal democratic students moving gets you this really interesting and weird ideology that these workers have. And I'm, I'm going to read it from, from an interview uh, with, with, with one of the workers who was at Tiananmen. Why do a lot of workers agree with democracy and freedom? In the workshops... Does what the workers say count or what the leader says? We later talked about it. In the factory, the dictatorship, sorry, in the factory, the director is a dictator. What one man says goes. If you view the state through the factory, it's about the same. One man rule. Our objective is not very high. We just want workers to have their own independent organizations. In work units, it's personal rule. For example, if I want to change jobs, the bus company foreman won't let me go. I ought to go home at 5 at 5 p.m., but he tells me to work overtime for two hours, and if I don't, he'll cut my bonus. This is a personal rule. A factory should have a system. If a worker wants to change jobs, they ought to have a system of rules to decide how to do it. Also, these rules should be decided upon by everyone, and then afterwards, anyone who violates them will be punished according to the rules. This is rule by law. Now we don't have this kind of legal system. And, okay, that's a really, like... It, it, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really interesting sort of like fusion of a whole bunch of stuff, right? Because on the one hand, like the the, the sort of like ruling discourse that's happening, like the, the things the students are talking about is like that we need the democracy, we need the rule of law, and, and but you know the, the 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 workers in these factories are looking at the, are looking at like the, the situation they're facing, and they're like, "Huh, we don't have a democracy like here either, right?" And so you get this, you get what's a, a really conservative. Framing of the sort of this a very the sort of very classical like critique of one man rule in the factory that has been happening for like you know like a hundred years, but what's interesting about this is that like any actual attempt to like do this right gets gets you to workers control like democratic workers control in the factory, and as, as Walder who Walder also wrote um another like he he's a guy who went and interviewed a bunch of the people who had been uh, workers who had been involved with this and. As, as as they point out, like this, un, un, unlike really like any other time in Chinese history, like the the the, the people who are part of like the Beijing Autonomous uh, Workers Autonomous Federation are you know they the, they don't they don't have an intellectual class like this these are these are just a bunch of workers, and they have very little connection. Like they don't, they they have very little like political connections, right? Like beforehand, like to to the liberal circles, they're just sort of hearing what they're reading, and this is this means that like what what you have here is like it's not like an intellectual movement. Like this is this is just a bunch of workers, and 
for you know for 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 like one final time their instinct when the when the revolution sort of like starts is to demand democracy in the factory and this demand like above all others is completely politically unacceptable and you know and when when the army marches on beijing it's it's these workers that they wipe out and they wipe them out so thoroughly that the fact that this is what these people were fighting for is it's it's scrubbed from the record of the CCP. It's scrubbed like the pro democracy movement doesn't remember it, even though their entire thing is memory. And yeah, and th- this this ensures that the meeting of these actual events, what these people were fighting for, what they were trying to do, has been almost completely lost. And I think at this point we can finally ask what 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 actually was Tiananmen, um. In some sense, in, 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 the, in the Chinese context itself, it's a transition between two different Chinese working classes. These protests are sort of like – this is the last like political sort of like mobilization of, like the, of the old Chinese working class, which has been these people who had been in the cities, who had been like they, – they, they, they'd been the beneficiaries of this old sort of like socialist period welfare state. And these people in, in, in the streets around Tiananmen, they mount the last attack of the, of the classical workers' movement. And when they lose, this entire class, like this, this entire urban working class that had been around since like the 20s, that had been sort of the, the, the driver of Chinese radical politics that had been like that had been, that had been fighting and striking for like 70, 80 years, they, they're, they're gone. They're completely destroyed. And over the course of the economic restructuring in the 1990s, they they ceased to exist as a class, and they're replaced by a, a new Chinese working class, which is drawn from sort of these rural and sort of semi-urban underclasses of the old social system, who are like dragged into, who are dragged into the cities from from their villages, from their towns, and who now fill. Actually, well, I don't I don't know what the numbers are today because it's weird because of COVID, but like in in 2019, there were 277 million of these people. Of this enormous market worker, like force, who formed the backbone of like the entire Chinese working class, and these people who they they have rural household registrations, and this means that they they don't get any of the benefits like the, the sort of like welfare benefits that you would get from living in a city, and this means that they're you know the the they they constitute like an entirely new class of 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 workers, and instead of you know. Like whatever sort of privileges had had been like carved out by the old working class, this one gets nothing, and the other thing that they get is this entire raft of sort of capitalist ideology that's baked into like every aspect of the workplace culture. This this is massive attempt in China to get people to buy homes, and you know the like when where, where the old working class could at least like posit the factory as like a place where you could have democracy, where like life could be improved by like different controlled factories. This new working class, like the thing that they want the most is to leave the factory and become a business owner. And, you know, like this, this probably sounds familiar to like us, right? Like this is, this is the old joke about, um, like about the, about the American working class, which is that everyone sees themselves as temporarily, temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And like, yeah, you know, in, in modern China, it's like, yeah, okay. It's, it's like, people consider themselves to be like temporarily embarrassed small business owners. And this stuff this 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 ideological self conception of like I'm I'm gonna work in the factory that I'm gonna become a small business owner is completely inimical to the formation of like the classical workers movement and the, 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 there hasn't been that kind of formation in China since 
And this this is not really a unique thing, right? The, the the death of that workers' movement has seen a sort of like complete and total collapse of the demand for like democratic self management, like everywhere across the entire world. And you know, incredibly stubbornly, like the, the working class like refuses to sort of cohere itself in the factory. And so, in in this sense, China is really just sort of late to the game. They 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 got slightly early. They got they got slightly later to the point that we're at now. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over twelve hundred games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five Casino. Casino. Win at High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride. Raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
You said there was going to be a, a, a happier ending. For oh, this. The, 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 the happy ending was last episode. Oh, um, this episode is this, this episode's ending is really depressing. Well, I mean, I, okay, there, there, okay, there, there's a slightly less depressing note, kind of. Okay, the thing that's less depressing here is that for my entire, literally my entire lifetime, has been the U.S. lurching from one economic collapse to another, and the world, the world, like the international economic system. Like, I think I, I was born in like the middle of like the dot com collapse. And then I got 2008, and then, like, there's been a bunch of economic collapses in the last, like, three years. And, you know, the, the, the whole system has, like, lurched from crisis to crisis to crisis. And that means that there, there's been an incredible, just, like, a, a, a rapidly increasing number of revolutions everywhere, even, even though the sort of, like, darker gore of the factory, like, has ceased to be this thing that, like, creates the working, like, the identity of the working class. And this means that, you know, okay, so in, in order to have some kind of mass movement, you, you need some kind of collective identity to, to mobilize around. And, you know, if, if, if you can't make this in the factory, the place where it's going to be made instead is the street. And th this means in, in the last, you know, like 20-ish years, like with, without the sort of positive identity in the workplace to, 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 to cohere itself around, workers are really only able to sort of mobilize on a mass basis, like indirect opposition to a threat that can, that can, that can confront like everyone at the same time. And this is the only thing that can do. This is really the state. And, you know, the state has the ability to, to increase the price of basic commodities and slash welfare benefits. And that becomes the, the only available enemy. And so, yeah, if you, if you look at what revolutions have been in the last 20 years, it's a constant fight against the police because fighting the police is the only thing that can, that can allow you to create a new social identity, like a sort of, sort of collective identification. And, you know, and so this means that collective, like, modern revolts, like, everything we've seen over the last, like, four years, the form that it takes is mass street movements and, you know, continuous confrontation with the police. And you, you get to literally see this with, with Occupy, right? O Occupy was originally, like, the, 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 like, the slogan Occupy was about the Argentinian factory occupations in, in 2001. But then, you know... That stops. Like that's the end. Like just one. Like that. That's that's the end of the whole cycle. There's there's no more factory occupations. Um, well, actually, that's not true. You, you get one in Bosnia Herzegovina, which is funny because it's like they they occupy a bunch of factories, but like they don't know what to do with them, and so you get just like a regular like occupy, like in like in, in the sort of like square occupation you'd get in like New York or whatever, where everyone's sort of like sitting in a circle and talking about stuff, but it's happening in a factory. But but they're not like trying to run production. They're not trying to do any of that stuff. They're just sort of like there in it, it the, the factory isn't is no longer this sort of like space of like creation and possibility that could like be turned into something new it's just like a place where you go that's like indistinguishable from like a square and you know for the last 10 years it's like people people originally it was like it just left right so everyone's everyone's occupying squares but you know by by about 2014 people have figured out that you can't like it's it's almost impossible to hold a square if the police attempt to run you out and so this gets replaced with running street fights with the police. But this, you know, th this places everyone who's trying to do this in this incredibly dangerous bind because, you know, the, the like, the, the old workers' councils were able to bring down states. Like, largely they got crushed by outside militaries, but they were able to bring down states because, you know, there is an enormous amount of power in being able to control production. But the problem is that, like, you know, if, if you're in a square, right, like, you don't have the ability to do that. And 
without the sort of without the factory occupations alongside them, there have been a lot of general strikes in the last four years. There's one in Peru, there's one in France, there's some in Hong Kong and Sudan, and every single one of them has been crushed. But you know, but but this is a real problem, right? Because the current labor conditions aren't going to produce another wave of factory occupations. And so the way forward for anyone who, like, you know, wants to have a democracy in the workplace is completely unclear. And, and I think I think that's the actual legacy of Tiananmen. The, the, the workers who are assembled outside Tiananmen Square had already left their factories. And, you know, for, for, for all that they spoke the language of the old workers' movements, right, they, they spoke of democracy in the factory and one-man rule, they stood and fought and died like we do in the streets. They're this bridge between sort of the classical workers' movement and us. And, you know, they, they, they face the same revolutionary crisis that we face, the crisis of Papua and Palestine and Colombia and Iran and Myanmar and Hong Kong of is this crisis of victory that's just beyond the horizon can't be grasped. You know, I, I don't think the people at Tiananmen have any answers to give us. I, like, I, I don't think they do. I think they, they, ran, they ran headlong into the crisis that we ran into and they all died. Yeah, and I think ex- expecting answers from the dead is demanding too much of those who before and after us died fighting for liberation and all we can really do now is find our own way when with the names of the dead on our lips build the world they died fighting for it could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources thanks for listening the following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com i won Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done. Outfit stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.